0: Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. And we have a rare treat for you. It used to be weekly when we started the podcast, October 1st, 2017. Every week, every week for two and a half years, approximately, I guess just shy of two and a half years, every week we had a new guest. I think we did two two-part interviews over the course of that time, but every week, interviews. And then the pandemic hit, and uh, my reasoning for pulling off the every week interviews was because I just didn't think, if it was somebody I really didn't have a, a rapport with, you can get that same comfort level and therefore quality of interview via Zoom, or certainly via phone. I think I did maybe two interviews, Theismann and a guy who was a founder of ESPN, over the phone uh, in uh, pre-pandemic on the on the podcast. But anyway, Mike Claiborne does not fall into the category of someone um, I don't have a rapport with. I have known him since I think 1998. I think that is when um, I met him, and that's when I was interning at KFNS. And he was the program director and the Afternoon Drive uh, host. And so Klebes and I, in 2018, I- at spring training, uh, he came over to um, to our place. And I said, hey, we're just going to do something with podcasts. And wound up talking for two hours. I mean, just, there's nobody around. It's the exact same table at which I'm sitting right now, as a matter of fact. And we just went, and I don't know how long. It's a great interview. I would go back and listen to that, too. But we're just able to just kind of flow. And we could do that it, you know, on the phone. We could do that in an interview setting, in a studio. And we could certainly do it via Zoom. And that is what we have for you here today. Um, in kind of a concerted effort amongst our entities, um, this podcast will play on Claiborne's site, clavesonline.com. And it will also play on my podcast network inside STL. And uh and I believe um Klab's wanted to release it in two parts, and so cool with me, whatever he wants to do. Um doesn't really change anything. It's it's I think I think it's around two hours. And I think that what you're going to hear today is an hour and ten minutes if memory serves. And then we took a break and I think we did like another forty five minutes. So you'll hear part two um, in the uh, in the next day or two. So Mike Claiborne, who you may know from the Cardinal broadcast, you may know from KMOX, you may know from KFNS, you may know from him coming by the radio program when we're at spring training and allowed to have the picnic table and essentially just making fun of the show and then just BSing. I was saying this, I said this on the TMA fan page and over the course of the conversation with Claybs, I said there are... If, if if I'm doing my own, in my experience, Mount Rushmore, hashtag Mount Rushmore, St. Louis sports media storytellers, I've got Mike Shannon, Kelly Chase, Mike Claiborne, and Iggy. That's what I've got. And I'm very, very comfortable with that list. Um, Claiborne's ability to tell a story has led me to say to Dan McLaughlin, for example, when we are all over at Roger Dean Stadium during spring training, that the greatest podcast, at least local podcast, would be just putting a microphone on Claiborne while we are waiting for the Cardinals to come in from a workout or one of us is waiting for a guest to do an interview because it's just unbelievable. It's just awesome entertainment. And it's not intended to be entertainment. He just can do it. And so, you know, I've known him for 23 years, but... Over the course of these next uh, two parts of this interview, and it's not an an interview, because I don't know who's interviewing who, Um, I think I lead the thing off as far as starting the podcast, and then I think he leads the second part off, and I think he tags it at the end. Nobody gave a shit. It didn't matter. But uh, it's just a conversation. And so I'm learning some things, some things about some people like Bob Hyland, for example, who we always cite. Uh, as this standard bearer, but none of us worked for him. Claiborne did, and I asked him what's so special about uh, Bob Hyland, his relationship with Mike Shannon. Um, you know, I think people know they're close, but if they don't, now you do. But you'll hear how and why. The live at Shannon's success. Um, I think the thing that I thought was absolutely, I couldn't believe it, was an interaction with a St. Louis legend, the national legend, international legend for that matter, and Claiborne basically telling, and I think this is actually his words, to go fuck himself. So that's when I was like, oh my God, I had no idea. And as he was saying, I'm like, have you ever told anybody about this? Because this is, this is at another level. Um, so you will hear that as well. I guess along the way, I tell some stories that I don't know if I've told as well, Uh, I can't tell a story as well as Mike Claiborne. Like I said, Mike Shannon, Kelly Chase, Mike Claiborne, Kenny Strode. Uh, There's your uh, hashtag Mount Rushmore. So that's what we've got coming up for you. And uh, I'm glad that we can provide, uh, I guess if you want to call it an interview, but I I think when you listen to this, you'll be like, these are just two guys just bullshitting. So welcome back to an interview, at least for the the time being a two-parter here, and we will release them. Uh, this week, is Klaibs uh, and I recorded it over Zoom on March 4th, 2021. Thank you to our sponsors for making all of this possible. Um, and they are as follows. The com studio sponsor. That's Ryan Kelly. And Ryan Kelly is who I went through in 2020 to refinance. And then about six months later, it's who I went through to get pre-approved. Refinancing, take advantage of the interest rates. you got to get refinanced and save money. I think people think, oh, it's going to be a whole thing, and what am I really going to save? And then you do it, and you're going, oh, my, I had no idea. I had no idea. And I refinanced less than a year ago, and I could probably refinance again. That's how quickly the rates dropped. That's how much money is there to be saved. I think even more importantly, certainly if you're in the market to buy a home, is to get pre-approved. And so we were in the market to buy a home. And I thought, well, you know, I'll just go through Ryan again. It was so easy to refinance. Why wouldn't I do it again? And went to the thehomeloanexpert.com. Couldn't have been easier. Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert, sponsor of our studios. Once you get a home with Ryan Kelly or once you get refinanced, make sure you're going to James Carlton. He's my insurance agent. 314-961-4800. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. Now, I started off by talking about how the podcast began on October 1st, 2017. I met James, I think a week or two before that. And he came to me and he said, I want to sponsor the podcast. And I'm like, well, that's great because I haven't even started it. You must just believe that this thing's going to work out. Well, here he is. We're approaching our fourth uh, anniversary in October And James has been with us every step of the way. I wasn't a client of his at the time. I had just met him. But I was so impressed after a year of working with him and him having to help me on one thing. I'm like, why wouldn't I be with him? So I switched, and it couldn't have been easier, just like the Ryan Kelly experience. 314-961-4800. That's James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to present our guest two-parter, two-parter, presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, Mike Claiborne, here on the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studio. Yes, yes. Welcome in, Tim McKernan and Mike Claiborne with you here on both
1: of our podcasts.
0: ClavesOnline.com and the Tim McKernan Show. It's a it's a joint effort, Claves.
1: You know what? We had so much fun doing this a couple of years ago, and we since did. then I love we talked for like two hours. I know, and we were just looking around, and like we could have we would have went longer, but I we think we were going to play golf <laughs> that day, and we didn't want to <laughs> blow <laughs> too time sit, sitting there talking about something. And then we finished we finished the conversation on the golf course, and we had a great time. And we were going to do it last year, and I don't know what happened. We were trying to get Danny Mac involved, and every we time we bring it up, he like. "We
0: got covid I think, yeah. is what happened.
1: Every time I'd bring it up, he like, yeah, that's a great idea, and he'd keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> and then COVID struck, so we decided we were going to do it this year. I'm looking forward to it and there's no script uh, or nothing. We just, we just shoot the breeze. Like we did, we played golf a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. and the only reason why we stopped playing is because we were at an 18 hole limit and I was playing like horseshit and I wanted to go home. (laughs) But other than that, I had a great time and we don't do it enough. And, And for our viewers, you know, you and I talk or text, uh, you know, enough, but we don't spend as much time until we get to Florida. I mean, that's right. That is true.
0: It. I don't know why that is, but you're right.
1: We hang out more here than we do in the other 300 plus days that St. Louis provides as well. Not for me. You obviously you're down here more, more than you are uh, in St. Louis. So, you know, this is the only time we can get on your schedule. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm too busy. I'm too busy yeah. with my various you're, residents. You're cutting deals and, you know, you're, you're a radio. No, you're a communications mogul <laughs> is what this is turning out to be, which you is know. cool, which is cool, which, which I wanted to bring up to you. How much have we seen this business change in, let's say, like the last five years compared I can to
0: take it back? I'm sitting in the same house where we did the podcast you were talking about. Um, which was 2018, and I was doing a thing then. Um, with with Dan McLaughlin, um, we were doing a little off-season show, and uh, Derek Gould was a regular guest on the thing, and we were using these cameras called Mevos, mm. and and they're the and they, and we thought at the time like, oh my God, look at this technology! We can put them on tripods, and then I can connect. I to I remember. And there's a camera on Dan. There's a camera on me, and we can do that. And and that was three years ago. And I would, if if I saw those things in my storage room, I'd just throw them away at this point. They're obsolete.
1: Yeah. I mean, and what's
0: happened here? I mean, you and I are talking via via Zoom right now, or via via Streamyard actually, I, which is an app I wasn't even aware of, but it's great because you're able to put your sponsors up. I mean, hell, I mean, this is just an, another example of how quickly it's changed. But I think it's a great change. Because now so much of the control is in the hands of the people creating the content, and you're not necessarily yeah. at the mercy of the content platform providers. So I think it's a positive for what's transpired. And it's amazing how much – I would imagine you would say it's the, been the most aggressive change that you've <clears> seen <throat> in your career in the shortest amount of time. Oh, ever yeah. Ever. I
1: yeah. mean, for me, I started in radio in February 81. So that's that 40 years. 81. Um, I remember the first check. It was for it was 100 bucks, 85.15 dollars 15 cents after taxes. That I still have. I kept that check.
0: You kept that thing.
1: Yeah, just as a as a memento. And I never will forget. Who, I'm somebody who I was. I don't even know who I was dating then. And said, "Aren't you gonna spend that?" I was like, "No, I'm gonna hold you." It's not like it's the last time I'm gonna act, actually earn earn a living at something. So, <laughs> but yeah, I kept it and to see. How many things have gone from real to real tape to cart machines to the mini disc? then uh, we then the digital thing just turned everything around. Wow. And now we've gone from the cameras you talked about to Zoom to StreamYard and I'm sure there's something that's going on that you and I don't even know about that everybody yeah. else is using. You know, we're kind of like the last to the party, but when we get there, we sure have a lot of fun. And it's I, amazing. That's, I, mean, I have, I have a at.
0: friend of mine um, who is, and he's, I guess, like four years younger than me, basically retired um, already, and he retired five years ago too, so this is not a recent thing, is uh, a tech guy. And he, he'll occasionally text me about new apps, and one of them, here's a little pro tip, a little benefit to those listening is called Clubhouse, and I go, oh yeah, I have the Clubhouse app. It's a golf app. He goes, no, that's not what I'm texting about. <laughs> <laughs> it, it,
1: the one track mind you have.
0: Absolutely, I was locked in. I'm like, oh yeah, I track my stats in Clubhouse. He goes, no, don't care about that. He goes, it's a, it's an app for communication, and he goes, I think this could wind up being the next big thing. But the other thing that I've noticed is there are a hundred next big things, and maybe. 99 to 98 of them wind up being nothing, yeah. and then there's another 100 next big things. But I saw, and I don't know who it was that tweeted it out last night. Might have been, I saw Tony Barnhart, the SEC guy, respond to it, so I can't recall who it was. Probably a college football person said, at this time last year, and you and I are talking on March 4th, so about 51 weeks since the pandemic really hit the mainstream with Adam Silver shutting down the NBA. I felt like that was the, mm-hmm. the big shot that was fired uh, for all the other sports. Had you even heard of Zoom? And my answer is no. 51 no. weeks ago, I hadn't even heard of
1: it. I you hadn't know? either. Yeah. Um, and 50 weeks ago, I mean, like last week, I just figured out how to use it. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I
0: like this StreamYard thing. I don't even know if the audience even knows what we're talking about, but we're on StreamYard, so you can have your sponsors up. And its I'm like, why don't I know about this? That's the thing. There's so much going yeah. on. Every here's another thing for for us. I mean, I guess we both have done it with with Inside STL with me, with clavesonline.com with you, and and Danny Mack has scoops. But then on a national level, uh, Colin Coward just announced a podcast network, I think called Volume. Um, You have all these people, talents, creating their own, I guess you can call them networks. Uh, And I don't know if that is what is going to wind up, being the way things are no. for the next few years, or if it'll change, I don't know. But that's something that is I think that's it will. a trend that, that just has started within the last X amount of months or years.
1: I, I think it will, and I think what it's doing is eliminating the middleman, uh, or the the station, or the program director, or the station yeah. man. And, and you know, for me, I'll tell you how I got into this. Obviously, you you got things rolling, and you created a, a great website. Uh, to do so many things. Danny Mac came along, but I was doing something in radio and I had a sponsor for a show. And I was talking to the sales manager who told me, well, this is how much you get out of it. Wait a minute. I got the sponsor. I'm doing all the production and this is all I'm getting. Oh no, we 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 can do a better deal than this. <laughs> and that really inspired me to try and go out and do something uh, along with the fact that you know this thing is so instant, you can do it anytime you want to, uh, and I think that more and more people have come to that conclusion that you don't need this and you don't need that. You right. don't need a huge studio, and it you costs know? a lot too. There yeah, a
0: bunch of overhead that isn't necessary. Yeah,
1: anymore. exactly. And, and so for me, I, I think this is a trend of the future. I, I think what you're going to start to see is more what I would call stream streaming streamingio where it's gonna be a radio format that will be streamed yeah. compared yeah. to being in a station and, and it's gonna come from places all over the country where you and I are here in Florida, but you and I could be you could be in Florida and I could be in St. Louis or wherever and still do this and you'll have people contributing from different parts of the country with their own segments and things of that nature. And I think you're gonna see something like that. I think you'll see it more by the before the end of the year. Oh, if I not agree sooner 100%. You know, and, and what that does for radio, I don't know. I, I don't know no. if we'll ever see radio as we once did we'll or no. view it that way because uh, you can stream and you, don't, you won't have to worry about signal. You don't have to worry about, you know, equipment and all the other things. And I think it's really going to challenge radio as we knew it. Let's put it this way. Bob Hyland, the late, great Bob Hyland, is probably yeah. rolling over in his grave. But then again, he was smart enough where he would have figured this out and and made radio relevant or he would be doing what we're talking about at a higher level 10 years ago. I mean, he he had incredible vision with the exception of one thing. What was that? He didn't think this TV thing was going to work out. He always felt like he was, was well, he always competed against TV and you could never say on his radio station, um, I saw something last night. on. I saw the game last night. If you said you really? saw the game, you would get it. a phone call. There was a red phone in the studio. I've heard about and, the red phone. The, the bat phone, as I would call it, oh, because God. if he called on that phone, it was, this is was not going to be – It's going to be a one-sided conversation. He was going to do all the talking. <laughs> and I remember one time I said it. I said, I saw the game last night, and we went to a commercial break, you saw, you never see the game on on radio. He said, that's our competition. What are you trying to do? Help these guys? You know, he said, not that I know if they're going to make it or not, but why are we going to help them? And I'm just looking at the phone. Yes, you're right. You're right, Chief. And he said, you never use the term. I saw it when you're on radio. And I even catch myself today sometimes, and, and remind people that we're talking on radio compared to saying we're talking about TV. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think he would have figured this out, but I really think that's the future, and hey, I'm you know good with well,
0: it. I cite Bob Highland as if I have any idea. I'll, I'll, I just know him in the sense, like, you talk about, like, a president who's held in high esteem. You actually worked for him. Yeah, yeah. And he truly, with Camo with X and, and, you know, when it was, what, I mean, the sports department, well, you guys – had is talked about not not just in St. Louis, all over the place. Yeah. It's like one of the greatest ever.
1: Greatest collection. What was collection the, what of the deal with
0: Bob Hyland and what was, well, why okay, was he so, so great?
1: So Hyland, uh his dad was considered the surgeon general of baseball. He he go he went back to Kennesaw Mountain Landis. So to give you a description of Hyland, he was truly statuesque. He was six two, six three. He looked like uh John Forsyth from Dynasty, Blake Harrington. Silver hair, always impeccably dressed, and he looked the part. Okay. Now you, you and I have been in the radio business and we can talk about radio executives and they may not have the look. Okay. This guy looked and reached class in every sense of the word. And the thing about him, Tim, he was a guy who represented the St. Louis community. He, he was very involved in all zip codes of the, of St. Louis. And he was a real community leader, and he got a lot of things done. And and that's the one thing that – and Mike Shannon and I were talking about this not long ago, how we still miss him galvanizing St. Louis uh, for so many different reasons. And he had no – there was no zip code he wasn't scared to go to or talk to people from. And he had people on speed dial that he could call and say, hey, I think we need to be doing this, or you should be doing this, or I'm going to have this done, or whatever. And he got shit done. Period. And that's the one thing we don't have, uh, whether it was a business element or a political element, he got it done. And uh, that's what we miss. But from a radio standpoint, I mean, he created talk radio, as we know it today. He created at your service.
0: Are you talking about St. Louis talk radio? No,
1: he he was the guy who who kicked off in like the late 50s, early 60s at your service. He created that. And he was so powerful with CBS that he was the only station, he came once the only station didn't have a budget. He just sent the money in to Bill Paley because he and Paley were good buddies. Who and Bill Paley really created CBS as we know it today. Uh CBS TV and radio. And he would just send money in. Uh the one neat thing about him, he was big on hiring people who were visually impaired. And he would have them make notes of what was going on in his station when he couldn't listen. Now, this is a guy who would come to work at like 11 o'clock at night, and stay till about three in the afternoon. And if you ever wanted to raise, that's when you would go see him like about two in the morning because nobody was there. So you and him would be the only two people in St. Louis that would have suits on at that time <laughs> of the day. And that's when I would have my best conversations with him, you know, except the one time. And I guess we have a little time to tell this story. Yeah, I want to hear this. So. So Bob Gibson. Who Bob Highland idolized. Okay, now Bob Highland, uh, and again, he was the most powerful guy in St. Louis. Period. He ran the biggest. Th- they were run They were having ratings, and they were doing twenty-three shares. Okay, think about oh that. My goodness, twenty-three shares selling afternoon or morning drive for a thousand bucks a spot. Okay, that's how. That's how back it, then too. Yeah, man. exactly. That's like what? Three thousand a pop now. So Highland really, he he thought Bob Gibson walked on water. All right, and he was a huge fan of Willie McGee. Oh. so Bob and I used to do this show every night, a postgame show, and every night we'd go across the street to see if the the, the wine situation at AJs was okay. <laughs> we'd go over there and have at least two drinks, and so one night Willie McGee came over, and so we're just sitting there talking, and he said, hey, "Man, tell me about this Bob Highland." I said, "What do you mean?" he said, "Well they, he sends me a check every every two weeks." Just for me not to go on other radio shows. I, I never met the guy. So Bob was in his third glass, and why he said, We can go meet him now. He's across the street. So we stumbled across that berm across oh, the street wow. to go. To, and so there, so we're all probably have been slightly over served. <laughs> no, we were more than slightly. So we go up to his office, and I knock on the door, and he looks at me like, What the hell you want? I said, Hey, Chief, you got a minute? There's a couple of people who'd like to see you. And he said, well, yeah, all right, who? So Gifton walks in. He gets the, oh, Bob, this is so nice to see. He yeah. said, yeah, and this other guy. So here comes Willie walking in. Yeah. He said, I want to introduce you to Willie McGee. And he is like a child, okay? He is so happy to talk <laughs> to his, two of his favorite baseball players, which, by the way, he never went to a game. He thought it was bad luck if he was in the ballpark when the game oh, wow. started. He would okay. come in before the game sometimes, but he would never stay. He'd listen to the game. Of course, he would listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, anyway, they're having the time of their lives. You know, Bob's drunk. Willie's not drunk, but Willie's just like looking at us like, gosh. So, <laughs> the next day, I'm sitting in the office because I was selling radio in the day and working at night at KMOX. And so the phone rings and he says, Get in here. Oh, shit. <laughs> this, 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 this may not go well. So I go in and I'm expected to get fired. You know, you come in, I'm I'm in the bag. And so is Gibson. He said, I want to talk to you about last night. And I said, yeah, I I wanted to, I just want to, he said, no, 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 let me do the talking here. He said the next time you bring Gibson or Willie McGee, over, could you call me and let me know they're coming? I look at him. I said, uh, yeah. He I said, is there anything else? And he said, like what? And I said, and i wanted to say well like i thought you were gonna fire me i didn't want to go i didn't want to push my life i said is there anything else you need chief he said no that's it but just let me know the next time they want to come over they're always welcome and i appreciate you bringing them over wow how about that i just looked around i was like i said all right ceiling or a loose piano or something's about to fall hit me in the head because i just I, i thought i was a goner okay i thought i was done and uh i'll never forget that moment but he was just so cool and we just spent 15 minutes talking about a guy who's been dead for 30 years and he still has impact on me yeah. and certainly this community.
0: And people who, are, who weren't even, yeah, like you said, people were in their 20s who yeah. but they know that name. Yeah, he was. But I, but I mean, I, I always use the name as if I have any clue, but you actually yeah. knew him and worked for him. And so I'm, I'm curious what it was actually like. I truly am. You
1: know? he, he was the Mount Rushmore. He was on a mountain by himself. We haven't had anyone close. To having an impact on St. Louis like he has, I mean, no one close since he since he died, no one close has represented St. Louis uh, on on a political level, on a business level, and certainly in a broadcast level. Yeah. Nobody. My dad,
0: your dad says something similar to that. Highland being one of the examples, he said back in the day, and I guess he's probably thinking of like 70s and 80s. There were like a group of people. Who would fight for St. Louis? We're not even talking yes, about politics yes. per se. And he said mm-hmm. we're just missing—we're missing that.
1: Yeah, he's right. Um, we wouldn't have had to worry about the Rams leaving or coming or leaving because they would—he would have found a way to keep the Cardinals here. Highland um, would have. Yeah, he would have found a way. When he pass away, do you know the year? Man, it's got to be 25 years ago. Yeah, at least I still have a letter because when he was in the hospital, he—he he had cancer. And I wrote, wrote him a note and sent him a, a letter and a card, the Get Well card. He sent me a note back in his handwriting that I still have. Um, really? I mean, he—he he, there's nobody close to this guy. Yeah. The, the, the shenanigans we see in radio and TV today, nah. <laughs> what are you be talking happening.
0: about? I know no, not of what you speaking. No,
1: it wouldn't be happening. Trust me. <laughs> but And here's the other thing. he He wouldn't fire you. If you had a family, he always found a way to make it work. Now, he may not like you, so if he didn't like you and you had a family and he didn't want to fire you, he'd find another job for you somewhere. He called one of his other buddies with another company, and I'll give you a good example. There was a guy that worked at Camo X that he he really kind of had enough of, and he needed to find something for him to do, so he called another TV station and convinced that guy to hire him. And he hired him, and he went over there and he kind of messed that up, and I don't think the two, the guy who who he convinced to hire I don't think they talked very much after that because he kind of felt like he Bill of goods. But yeah, man, he was uh he was he, God rest his soul. He he yeah. did a lot for me in my career because he took me um uh, and gave me a chance that I never forgot.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I I've never I mean I always hear his name in passing, but I've never actually point blank asked. Yeah, him. what was it like? You worked for him? I no, it, right? he
1: was he was cool. Yeah. Uh, and what he did for for people like Costas and just so many people, he helped their careers. You go yeah. back to Bill White, uh, yeah, first yeah. African American play by play guy in baseball. You know, he got a start at KMOX. Is that right? Oh yeah. He
0: was, it, what well, was he doing at KMOX?
1: He was uh hosting a show.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know that, that again. This was like at your service, and he let Bill do just by anything he wanted to do, uh, in the business, and he taught him different tricks of the trade. Um, but yeah, I mean, he gave players a chance. Like Bob Gibson was another guy, uh, Mike Shannon, obviously. Yeah. I mean, so there were a lot of people that he helped that were former players that he felt were fabric of the community. And he was big on community, man. He was huge on it. And, uh, we didn't have the, the strife that we have now in St. Louis between city and County and black and white. I mean, granted we had racial issues, you know, that hadn't changed, but you know, Highland knew how he knew people on the North side. That he could get things done. Yeah, you know, so it was it was cool.
0: Jim Rogers of Restoration One of Central St. Louis has expanded, but he's not expanding Restoration One of Central St. Louis dot com. He has a new company that ties into Restoration One of centralstlouis.com, and that company is American Environmental. As a matter of fact, he was been working with Enver- American Environmental for years, and he was so impressed with the operation, he decided to buy it. According to the EPA, Americans on average spend approximately 90% of their time indoors, where the concentrations of some pollutants are up to two to five times higher than typical outdoor concentrations. Some pollutants and sources include asbestos, biological pollutants, such as mold, carbon dioxide, lead, radon, dust, and volatile organic compounds emitted from such things as household cleaners, air fresheners, aerosols, and paints, just to name a few. We'll look no further. American Environmental is the company to analyze the quality of air in your home. They've been testing indoor air quality for over 25 years, and you can reach their knowledgeable staff at 314-664-2800. That's 314-664-2800, American Environmental. And Jamie Burkhard and Clayton Patterson at Munganess, St. Louis Acura, AltonToyota.com, AltonToyota.com, that is what you can do and get yourself a brand new car or their incredible selection of pre-owned cars at AltonToyota.com and com. Here is the special they've got going on for the month of March. At St LouisAcura.com a 2020 MDX up to $10,000 off. At, at AltonToyota.com, a 2021 Highlander, over $5,000 off, plus their March service special. Bring any car into service and ask for the TMA special or the Tim McKernan Show special. 15% off all work. All work! Tires, batteries, wipers, anything and everything. All makes. Loaner vehicles available. Please shop the pre owned selection online. AltonToyota.com, St. com. Plus, they started working with VIP as well. Sponsor on the Ryan Kelly Morning After It's Munganass. St. com and AltonToyota.com. Back to our conversation with Mike Claiborne. Man. All right,
1: what else we got, man? We can talk about that guy all day. He's been no, well, there for so, so years. No, you, right?
0: you brought up Shannon, and here's another one. I'm, 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 this is just me being curious. So yeah. You up, and you have this really close relationship with him, obviously. How did that happen? And he's <laughs> this hes this character. Yeah. But, like, but I, I don't know how to describe it. Like, he, To me, I associate Jack Buck and Mike Shannon still, even though yeah. a lot of people who are younger. You know, Jack's been gone since 2001. So they may never even heard of Jack Buck calling a game, but they certainly know the name
1: well how about when he yeah, and Jay Randolph are working
0: mysterious. Together. you know to me he's more mysterious, and I don't know if I don't know if that's just me or but
1: you have a close hes relationship, yeah so he's, kind of he's different he, he's I'll different get um, boy, you know, I first met him on a, he was on a cardinal caravan, And that's when they would drive around they would do pub crawls around St Louis, and my dad was involved in a bar. And he was in there, and, you know, I got to talking to him. And, you know, next thing I know, I'm at KMOX. And he kind of came up and introduced himself to me. And one thing led to another. And for some reason, we just hit it off, man. And then Bob Gibson and I became good friends because we were doing the show. And Mike and Bob are really, really close. I think that Mike's closest teammates were Roger Maris, Bob Gibson. Wow. Uh, probably his two closest teammates. Now he was a friend to all of his teammates. He was the best teammate you could ever have because he could go in any corner of the clubhouse. Uh, But those were his two close friends. And, you know, he knew Bob and I were were close and he was always there. He he still to this day is the best teammate you could ever have. Uh, There's so many great stories that I have with him. Some I use on the air, some I don't. That that just makes him the whole person that he is uh, for so many different reasons. He's been there for so many people, uh, doesn't look for credit or fame or a pat on the back. He just tries to do the right thing. Uh, if, if he's your friend, he's your friend. And no matter what corner of the earth you're on, if you're at the North Pole and you need a jump for your car, here comes Shannon with a tow truck saying, here we go, big boy, let's go. Uh, Jay Randolph has some, Jay senior has great stories about the time when they used to go to Kentucky Derby and they'd have a Cardinal game that night. And one time they were running late and they couldn't find their limo to get them back to the airport, to get on a plane, to come back. But Howard Cosell's limo was there. So they took Cosell's limo instead. And, 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 And I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is when ABC was doing baseball. And Cosell, they were doing Monday night baseball. And Cosell, I think, tried to find Mike Shannon to talk to him about, you know, confiscating his limousine. And somebody said, Howard, you ought to just let that one go. Hey, you're not going to win that one, especially in, in St. Louis. So you might as well move on. But, yeah, he he's just been terrific, man. And even when I'm around him, he sees things in the game that, you, you know, I never see until he points it out. He's just so observant. Uh, but, yeah, he, he's been terrific, man, just a great teammate. You know, and live just- at
0: Shannon's, I, I think I've, I feel like I texted you during some of them or, or during a rain delay and they're replaying them. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, for my money anyway, I don't know if there's been better radio in, in St. Louis history. Because it's just so organic. It's so natural. You feel like you're eavesdropping, but it's amongst legends just bullshitting with each other. Yeah. You don't know if people have had a, you know, a taste or not. You think yeah. did, yeah. it makes it better.
1: It's a so fast. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, and thank you for saying it, it's all Mike. One of my favorite in the bag moments, Ron Santo, uh, former Cub great, Hall yeah. of Famer. You know, and he and Mike didn't speak to each other for years over something that happened in a Cub game with a player, and it was more of a misunderstanding. While than they were playing, else. or yeah, yeah, yeah. really, huh. uh, and it didn't have anything to do with Sano, but it was uh, one of Sano's teammates. Anyway, somehow, or another they reconnect, and this is when Sh- Sano had had been sick. You know, he lost his legs. Yeah. You know, the yeah. diabetes, and so he's getting around on prosthetics. And um, so Mike invited him to come on the show one night. And so, you know, Santos, fun-loving guy. And so Sano's sitting there drinking some Cabernet. And so Mike said, "Hey, what kind of Cabernet you drink?" He said, "Well, I'm drinking your house stuff." He said, "Well, that's good, but I got some really good stuff." So, you know, at the old restaurant, they had this vault because yeah. it was be a an bank. And downstairs in this vault, they it was like a party room, but it was a wine cellar. Yep, so, yep. he had somebody go down and, he, and tell them, "Bring up a half a dozen bottles of the of the good stuff." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, oh, it's, oh. it's It's Mike, it's Santa, it's me. That's that's maybe the engineer is gonna get a taste, but I'm saying that's two bottles apiece. for all of them. So anyway, they get to drinking, and on the air, Mike says, "Hey, Ron, has anybody ever tried to pull a uh, trick on you and and like hide hide those pegs from, from you in the morning when you get out of bed?" (laughs) <laughs> just look at, and Sano is dying laughing, right? He's, and so Ron Copper, Major League umpire, yeah. good friend, is, he had done the game that night, and he's driving home, and he texts me. He says, they're both in the bag, aren't they? <laughs> and they were like two children just laughing and giggling. But he would, he would make everybody comfortable sitting at that table. Yeah, you're and, right. And, and we've had so That's many great, great skill, guests. Man. Uh, We've had so many great guests, uh, and I would say 99.9% of them were terrific that we would invite back. I remember the night we had Billy Bob Thornton, uh, the actor on, yeah. and this woman kind of comes in at the commercial break and she's like, oh, Billy Bob, could you sign these? And she pulls <laughs> them up and, and, he, and he takes out a pen and goes, Billy. Bob, Just like, <laughs> he was the happiest person <laughs> in the world. That was one night we were doing a show, and they remember they had that nude bike race, bike ride on Saturday night. Where, yes, so Shannon is, is we're doing the show, and my back's turned to him. And as he's talking, he says, Hey, big boy, don't look now, but. There's a bunch of naked people riding a bike down the street, and I thought, he, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And I turn around, and there's all kind of things dragging and sagging. And we this is going on live radio when we're talking about this, and that's one of our one of our highlights of our show because we we were just kind of like stunned to say the least. And you, it's hard to stunk sting Mike Shannon. Okay, he's seen it all, but that one even caught his tongue for a second. But yeah, that show man had so much fun. We we had. So I mean, and you know the the best part of the shows were the commercial breaks and when we were done and they'd stick around. And that's when the party would really start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but the commercial breaks the stories that they could get told in 3 minutes or 4 minutes was just incredible.
0: That's the best. Well, that's the th- so here's what I was thinking cuz it's you and you're going to go, "Oh, don't put me in that class." But I I really do. I do when we're when we're playing golf when we're drink whatever, dinner, you Shannon and Kelly Chase are, for my money, three of the greatest storytellers in St. Louis sports. And you might be yeah. like, "Oh, this guy who passed away was the greatest," or "This guy." No, the me—that's the—that's the three. I don't have a fourth.
1: I'm one. glad you. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Chaser because yeah, I, I put him in that category. I think you turned him, Mike, loose. Oh, my and, 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 and Chaser and Mike and I—we we went to Canada. We didn't go at the same time. I would go up to Canada in the summertime and hang out with Chaser. And one year, Mike went up there and hung out with him. I think he took Matheny with him. But anyway, Mike hung out in the same bars that I hung out in. And we both had some of the same stories about the people we met up there. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, Kelly Chase, uh, who I who I love like a brother, he's just like family to me. Yeah. Uh, for so many different reasons. Yeah, he he's one of the best storytellers there is, and yeah, uh, you know, he, and and it is an art to telling stories because you can get a guy telling a story and he kind of leads you on, and you kind of like uh huh, uh huh, you're waiting on it, and then it's a dud, and then you and he's laughing. Like, Would you just shut the hell up? Quit laughing and tell him finish the story. You know, <laughs> You ever had a person do that to you? Where you just, oh. just you know, you, you're terrible. Shut up. You know, <laughs> let me tell a story, and let me, I may mean, even embellish it just to make it funnier, you know. But, but Chaser is one of the one of the all time best. Period. The best. yeah. All time best period. storyteller. All time best people. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Him uh, telling his story, which I imagine you he's told you perhaps multiple times of the night and the final seconds in Boston as the Blues win the Cup. And he's, you know, I guess he drove back from Nashville. I think the yeah. oh, story you know yeah.
1: this, mm-hmm. and yeah. he's
0: Stan. I mean, it's like, it's like the perfect. I mean, because you would think when that moment would happen, I always would think of him. I, you know, I think would. I would think of him. I would think of you, and I would think of Bobby Plager. and I think of like everybody who would like live and die and call into shows after the Blues lost a game in October <laughs> to the Panthers in a panic, and I'd go, God. There are 80 more of these motherfuckers left, uh. <laughs> and then there's two and a half months of playoffs. I just can't be where you are. But when they finally got it done, when they finally even got there and beat the Sharks to get there, I was thinking of people like that, and I was thinking of a guy like you, who knew, loved the game passionately, and a guy like Bobby Plager, who loved the organization passionately, and a guy like Chase. And you would think that Chase would have been right there when that happened, but the yeah. fact that he's – standing on Highway 40 in front of Bush Stadium on his way to the Enterprise Center, looking at the arch as he's listening to Chris Kerber call the final seconds, it's like a it's like the end of a 30 for 30 or the end of a movie. Yeah. It's perfect that this guy I associate as Mr. Blue is, is, is in that spot. It's almost better somehow than being in Boston.
1: Well, you know what? My situation was similar. Um, I had a chance to go to Boston, but, you know, we – I made a decision that I wanted some other kids to be part of that. Um and so I didn't really care. I said I'd stay back because we had someone who had a death in the family at Cam X and everybody had to kind of move up the ladder and, and so I was like, hey, you know what? I'll stay back. Let 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 this other person go. I'm I'm good. And uh I cried like a baby, man. Probably, like, uh, man, I was dehydrated. I cried so much. I had to put an IV <laughs> in me. I was crying because I'd seen so much. And and, I, and Chaser was one of the first people I thought about. And I know we talked. Hey, I got a great Chaser story for you. I just thought about it. going to Canada. So we used to play in this rec tournament up there. Why the hell I got in, in, involved in a hockey tournament in Canada with a real Canadians, you know, that could actually play, you know. So anyway, we win the tournament. And so somebody from Chaser's hometown, Porcupine Plain, was getting married. She was marrying some guy from a little, little town down the road. And Ke- Kelly's got a brother named Kyle who most thought was a better player than Kelly, but he didn't, he just didn't have a fire to want to continue doing it. But, you know, you put him on your team, he's going to score a bunch of goals for you and he's tough, tough as barbed wire. Yeah. So we're at the reception at this little rec center, recreation, youth center, whatever they call it. And some sidebuster from down the road didn't like Kyle. And he came up to him and he's poking him. I'm going to kick your ass. And man, we're at a wedding reception. <laughs> and so Chaser and I kind of stand there watching it. And Chaser kind of picks up on before I do. And so now Kyle's about had enough of this guy. Right. So now we got all these roofs from down the road and all the porcupine playing Kelvington guys there. And we realized that half these guys on the team we beat in this tournament. So they were a little salty about it. So Kyle's like, "All right, I've had enough of you. We can go outside. You know, we're not going to tear up this place. We can go outside." So Chaser says, "Uh, hey, look, this is going ready to go down. Just make sure nobody gets behind me. Yeah, that's no problem." And I'm I'm looking around to make sure I can tell somebody the same thing, and I realize there's nobody I can tell. <laughs> so all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose, and the guy swings and misses on Kyle, and Kyle proceeds to beat the living shit out of this guy. Right. So Chaser jumps in, I jump in, we get back to the to the house, shirts torn off, we're laughing about it, you know, good old fashioned country brawl. All right. Yeah. the 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 good news was that Kelly's mother had left. She had already left, and she's tougher than everybody. All right. She's this is one woman you don't mess with on any day of the week. So the good news was she wasn't there to be see her boys and me act a fool along with our team. The bad news was she was going to hear about it. Now, the good news for me was I, le- I was leaving Canada the next day and, and Kelly's mother's boyfriend was taking me to the airport. He said, man, you, are, you might be the luckiest guy in Canada. I said, why? He said, because when Joyce finds out what happened last night, she's going to climb some asses and it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> I get out of there. So I get back to St. Louis. And I call Chase. I say, hey, how had to go? He said, man, you got out of here just in time. <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward christmas she's in town for the holidays and i said hey let's go i'm gonna take you to dinner so we go to lynch street bistro i don't know if you know that place so it's her 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 significant and my wife at the time and we're having the time of our lives laughing and she says oh yeah there's one other thing what and she lights me up about this fight that took place (laughs) back in the summer and she said you thought i'd forget about i mean hey hey she was up my ass so far. I, and my my wife looked at me. She said, you went to Canada to get in a fight. What in the fuck is wrong with you? So I'm catching hell from everybody. And and to this day, it was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had going to Canada and hanging. I've been to Canada a bunch of times, but hanging out up in, in, in Saskatchewan is still still one of the great things I've done in my life. That's Thanks awful. to Kelly Chase. Yeah, great is that? Is but Chase let me like tell you, you don't, don't mess with, yeah, yeah he, he is God. Yeah. Uh, and don't <laughs> mess with Joyce because she is no, she no joke. With Joyce. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> she might even be left-handed too. So, I mean, and she <laughs> was, a, so what I was told, she was an outstanding athlete, softball player, and what's the other sport, Uh, you know, with the broom? Curling? Yeah, really yeah. good at that. But uh, so she didn't take any shit off anybody, especially me. <laughs> or chaser or kyle or you know anybody else yeah but man we used to ask we had so much fun with that
0: oh that's great man what a great story <laughs> oh,
1: I love me some chaser.
0: <laughs> hope you're enjoying this conversation with mike claiborne we're all over the map but i love it it's just man it truly is it's like we're sitting at the bar we're on the golf course and we're just bsing um, and I hope you're enjoying it because I, I learned some things, certainly, and uh, perhaps uh, some stories were told that you have uh, have not heard before. Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling has helped make us uh, possible here, and uh, I'm very grateful for that. On top of it, Seth has the awareness to help the St. Louis community. That's one of the things that's incredibly important to him. And so Seth Goldkamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling have gone out of their way to put programs together to help St. Louisans. And one of those is for hospitality workers. How about this? Restaurant and bar, casino, hotel, and airline employees are eligible for the hospitality worker rebate. All these employees can receive a free furnace tune-up or $400 off a new furnace installation. No strings attached. No purchase necessary. Design Air just wants to thank hospitality workers for their sacrifice. To schedule your free tune-up or to get more information about the rebate, please visit designairservice.com. This promotion runs until March 31st or until funds run out. Another person, very aware of helping the community, another person I have sent many people to, and I'm very happy when I get an email saying, hey, you were right, Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies truly is different, and we are taking our business to him. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, online at evergreenstl.com. I got to know Mark about three years ago, and I started talking about him, but the thing I was talking about was my personal regret on not having a financial advisor active in my life in my twenties and really parts of my thirties too, and how I can't even imagine i kind of maybe it would be a fun exercise it wouldn't be fun mathematically to be fun personally to be miserable to see how much money I just pissed away don't do that don't don't be in a spot where you're guessing. Have somebody to lean on when it comes to a lawyer, when it comes to an accountant, when it comes to a financial advisor. There is your advice for the young tykes who look up to me. Of course, not from a physical standpoint, but there is my advice. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies is the one I would recommend. Mark Hanna, evergreenstl.com. Ladies and gentlemen, back to my conversation with Mike Claiborne.
1: So let's talk about you, man. Um, And I started off talking about where you were five years ago and where you're at now. Um, But you've been in the business a lot longer than TV. But the radio thing, you found a niche that is so unique that your loyalty of uh, your listeners is fascinating to people who may not listen to the show on a regular basis and they know what they're going to get every day. It doesn't change. That is that is correct. You know, you, you found new foils to be involved with the show. Uh, what Where are you at with that? Because, you know, that's, you know, as much fun as you have, there's a lot that goes into trying to say, how can we make this thing entertaining or at least entertaining for ourselves?
0: We I don't know, man. I I feel so lucky. I bet you do too. You're talking about 40 years in this business. I mean, even if you get, even if you get a year in it, in a way, so many people want to do it and then to get in and then, you know, especially hometown,
1: you know, yeah, that's the key. Isn't that fun when you're doing it in your own backyard?
0: I remember when I was at KMU in Columbia, you know, the Missouri journalism school, and uh, the guy who I guess was our instructor, he was the sports director at the time. I bet you know him, Brian Nooner. Do you remember Brian Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Chris
0: Trevino replaced him.
1: One of the nicest – Chris Trevino might be the nicest Yeah, I mean, Chris Trevino
0: – talk about storytellers. I mean, Gerv- yeah. Mount Rushmore storytellers. Trevino's Mount Rushmore, a nice yeah. guy in the business. Maurice Drummond would be in that. Mo America. Drummond. Uh, so
1: yeah, – really I think we can call off the amazing jam amazing at
0: that. You can do some good stuff in this business, but you are so locked in on going to St. Louis – that, you know, unless you get a job in St. Louis, you're not going to take it. And, and it's probably not the way that it's going to work. And back then, you rarely saw anybody go. And I don't know. I mean, you've seen, you can go back to 81, how many people went directly from school to St. Louis on air? It probably yeah. didn't happen. I guess no. it happens now because the business has changed, television, you know. So he's like, you got to probably start somewhere else. I started in Little Rock. And, uh, and all I wanted to do was work in St. Louis. It's all I wanted to do. So this show's been on now since 2004. And to get to screw off for three hours, <laughs> I mean, what else can you ask for? I mean, it's like, in a way, I'm sure in a part, we're influenced by, like, the live at Shannon's kind of feel. You know, certainly not with the caliber of guests because we don't have any guests. <laughs> so we can't compare and contrast, <laughs> you know. Uh, but but just that kind of feel of just screwing up. It's like a roast every day. That's the way I yeah. would describe. It's a roast, and the audience is safe unless they they enter into the reindeer games, and now they're going to get lit up. But that's what it's like. And to do that for three hours, it's straight improv, obviously. I mean, if anybody's like, how do you prep? What are they listening to? There's no way they could possibly think there's any prep. So it's just fun. And I just consider myself lucky because that's not what I wanted to do. I I probably just like one other, you know, million other guys wanted to be the next, you know, guy calling cardinal games. Is that what you were were going
1: to do? I just want to do talk radio, man. That's all you want to do, really? Yeah, right. I, it, the 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 play by play thing, the broadcasting thing, kind of I kind of stumbled onto. Um, and I did it when I was in college. I went to a small school in Nashville, Tennessee, and that's when I started broadcasting and, and doing. Because I got hurt one year, and so the, I, the guy said, "You know, you know enough about the game. Why don't you be a color analyst?" And you know, my response: "Who you calling color?" <laughs> That's how little I knew about it, all right, you know, so uh, I did that, and then I kind of I got back to St. Louis, and I really just wanted to do for some reason i wanted to, I wanted to take your phone call, and as we fast forward i haven't I refused to take them. I haven't well, taken You're not, calls. You're not, you're
0: not taking I, calls. No, I wouldn't take you a we really call. Calls. We're all texts. We like yeah, a yeah
1: the texts. Yeah. I would deal with the texts.
0: Yeah, because you but, can filter those.
1: Yeah, because at the end, I was like, I had two rules about talk radio no drinking and driving, and no drinking and calling me. You cannot do either one. All right?
0: I remember listening to you and Bob Ramsey on KFNS and the calls you would get. Uh, and I could tell <laughs> when you were turned off by the call. And that was my. <laughs> favorite part. Uh-huh. what else you got, man?
1: <laughs> I, I never had more fun working with somebody than Rammer, okay? That uh, we used, something else. We used to do slew basketball together and this is when uh slew was really cheap. So we didn't have our own room, we had to share a room. Oh, and sure. you know, you learn about you learn a lot about people in. <laughs> and we learned and, and I always say this, Bob and I were doing the same things as kids growing up. We just did them in different zip codes. Yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah. And he's he is my brother for so yeah. many different reasons. But when we would do that show, and he'd see when I was about tired of somebody, and he would be like, he's like, wait, he <laughs> waved me <laughs> up. He's like, I got this one. He'd be like, I got this one. And you know how Rama can ask you a series of questions. He does. He can yeah. lead he you down the a path. He's
0: with the prosecuting attorney. Yeah.
1: And then he say, so basically, Tim, you're saying you're a real fucking idiot, right? <laughs> hey, thanks for your call, and we would hang up, and I would just. <laughs> We had there there was this one and and he I'm sure he remembers. We had a call. Now we used to do transaction of the day. And we would find the most obscure transaction where, you know, Jim Picklebreath was named associate athletic trainer at Who Knows State. All right. So there was a guy named Stan Your Ass was his it was it was it was U R A S S was his name. And, uh, you know, your ass. And so he, I think he was at Baylor. He was like the assistant sports information director at Baylor. And it was like, your ass, and you know how you get, you one up the next guy, the next line. So we get callers calling in and we, and we were trying to get this guy on the phone. We couldn't find him. But your ass, I'll never forget that guy as long as I live. He's probably, he's probably like the number two guy at the NCA now at some point. But your stand Stan, your ass was his name. And man, we just teed off on that to no, Hey, you know, we we weren't mean-spirited. We just had fun.
0: You know, just like what you guys did. We we had
1: fun. It was so good. And and one of my other favorites with Rammer. You know how you you have the, the, quote, one-minute live read? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we could stretch it into maybe a minute 40. And so Rammer would, like, look at his watch like, wow (laughs) that's the longest minute i've ever seen and and so as we would read promos we just look at our watches you know as he would read i'd look at my watch like god damn they're getting the money's worth today (laughs) i mean but we we had so much fun and we still do we talk almost every day oh yeah Uh, yeah he's still one of my best friends but he no he is my best friend period uh for for so many reasons And watching his kid, one of my favorite things is when Brad, his first son, was born, I gave him his first baseball glove as a baby. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And to watch him grow, and he's going to be a great film director someday in his career, a filmmaker probably. Uh, to watch him grow, and him—he and I watch our kids grow. Um, yeah, he—he's the best, and we just—we just—we awesome, we have had some great laughs over the years. Who man! Oh man. my
0: goodness, what was the name of that show? It was, it was like three to six game. Uh, I think it was game something.
1: Game time or game show time? I think I mean, it was show time or game time, yeah. something like that. It was the uh, best. I
0: mean, it was just—it yeah. was just—it ra- was just random. I mean, it was just you know.
1: Well, you know how that show started. How's that? Uh, so Rammer and I were, were, and Rick Wallace were the first guys. to Oh, Rick also, Wallace. Yeah. We started. You know how he got the name Colonel?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Because he used to do traffic, and there was an officer, Don Miller. And then there was Captain Roger Brand. I said, well, I'm going <laughs> to give you a battlefield commission. I'm going to make you a Colonel. And let's <laughs> see if we get a general traffic guy out there. So anyway, that's how we gave him that name. But anyway, we did the, we were the first guys to do all sports radio. And so Rich Gray, God rest his soul, you know, it didn't go as well as we wanted it to. We ran out of money, and they shut it down. So uh, John Hadley and John John Sloan were doing a sports talk show uh, at another station, 590. It was 590. It was WRTH, I think. I'm not sure. Anyway, they were down here in spring training one year, and they got snowed in, and they couldn't get back to do the show. And so Bob Birch called and said, Hey, could you guys fill in for John and yeah. and John for a couple of days? Well, we don't have anything else to do. I mean, I was in the agent business, so I had something to do in the day job. So we did the show, and that next week he said, Hey, you know, would you guys like to have a show? And we were like, Yeah. And one thing led to another, and that's the, that was the start of the next all sports program. Wow. That's that was wow. the start that, of KFNM. Isn't that amazing?
0: I yeah. mean, that, that's the way that it happened.
1: Yeah. Really? So, we, we if it wasn't for a snowstorm you probably wouldn't know know me at this point and, and I probably wouldn't know you
0: <laughs> our thing started because when when Frank I was working with Frank Cusimano which I'm sure people are like how in the world did that work <laughs> uh,
1: yeah I still to this day you know.
0: <laughs> but he would go on vacation or he would go you know follow his kids playing this or that and then it would be on me, and I would have Martin Kilcoin and the cat come in, and Frank's show is still called The Press Box, and we called it The Sandbox because Frank's audience hated it so much.
1: Yeah. And they what are you going to do about that McKernan? He's just <laughs> not you, Frank. He's, He's not, not going to go. He, I bet he doesn't even go to Mass. <laughs>
0: well, that's a tight read. <laughs> uh, they, they, they're like, it's The Sandbox. And then these the guys who came in and from Atlanta, they go – That's our next morning drive show. The show show for Frank, me, Martin, and the cat became the morning grind. And that's how, which was again a complete accident. You know, all this stuff that we're doing good in our business is accidental. Yeah.
1: I mean, we just told two accident stories about how I got into the podcasting business, how you got into the full time radio business. Uh, I mean, it's all about being in the right place at the right time.
0: It is, man. There's so And being much-
1: prepared for the challenge. And I always tell young people when they ask me, um, you know, how do you get in the business or how do you do this? I tell them, man, you, first of all, you got to be ready to recognize the challenge. Second, line, you have to be able to adjust. And that's something that a lot of people, when they get in the business, first of all, they think they can do your job tomorrow. Sure. And they have no clue. The second thing is they want to stay in St. Louis. Like you mentioned, you had to go somewhere else. I was pretty lucky. I did a bulk of my career in St. Louis, but, you know, I've talked to countless kids who think that they can do your job right now without going anywhere else. You know, they don't want to pay the dues of working in, you know, uh, some small market, you know, and, and doing everything, by the way. Yes. You know, you, I I mean, you had to edit your your own stuff. Yeah, exactly. And now they tell me you have to do it now that way in this situation, but, you know, um, it, it's it's something that I, I look at kids not being able to recognize a challenge that's presented to them, and they miss it. They want to do one job and one job only. And and I think the best example of a guy who was able to adjust, you know, him, Rob Fisher. Rob oh, Fisher yeah. was all baseball. He was all everything but basketball. He moves to Memphis and takes a chance in getting involved in the all sports station there. The next thing you know, he's doing this and he's doing that. Now he's one of the best sideline people in the NBA of all sports. Um, And he made the adjustment. And there's so many other people that you look at in the business that found themselves doing something they never thought they'd do. So, But for me, as I said, uh, I I really didn't have the aspiration to do play-by-play or be involved. Mike Shannon was the guy that said, you ought to do this.
0: Really? So Shannon. Yeah, right? He
1: said you ought to do it. And I was like, well, OK, you know, you don't say no. Yeah, You know, you give it a shot. Uh, so that that was one of the fun things that I found that was good for me. And I say that to everybody who wants to be in this business. You might want to be the voice of the Cardinals, but you know what? They pay people to do be voices in other places, too, that sure. you might yeah. work your way back to. But don't limit yourself. And think about all the guys from St. Louis that are in some other major markets yeah. that are doing this. Man, you're uh, right. So I, I think that's the way I would look at it. So
0: when you when you were calling a Cardinal game for the first time, I mean, what what was what was the biggest surprise of that? I mean, I've never had that experience. I doubt I will ever have that experience in my mind because that's what I grew up with. Yeah. Like. I could do it now. But like 20 years ago, I feel like I could have done it. I'm just not as yeah. to It as I was then. But you know all, what? Nature, I would say, but what? when you're actually doing it, what is going through your mind when you actually are doing it? Now it's you and it's your voice on camera.
1: Here's when I knew that I had arrived. This broadcast was authorized of the rights granted by. When I read the disclaimer, I was like, "Holy shit! I just, <laughs> I just read something I've heard every night of my life." Yeah, yeah. And and it, and it, well, as small as that may seem, that was that was let me know that I had actually checked in. Yeah. To the big leagues. Yeah. And then the next time I think it was when I looked over and there's Mike Shannon and I had said something that made him laugh. And, you you know, his laugh is infamous. Oh yeah. And to hear him laughing is something. Uh, and I, I remember what it was. We were in Houston and in uh, Minute Maid, you know, they have the, the, the windows. Yeah. Uh, you know, where the sun comes in, you can open up the roof. And I said, boy, you know, I guess the reason why those windows aren't covered, it probably costs a lot to make some drapes for those things in case nobody wanted to look in. I said something that and Shannon just thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. He just kept looking. Yeah, oh. hey, you're right. was would be maybe they ought to get some blinds, too. He <laughs> said something like that. But when you look at people that, like you said, you've admired and you've heard all your life and now all of a sudden you're working with them. And you're reading the disclaimer that you've heard so many times and, you know, you're picking up on the little things that you've heard them say, and then you try and find your own lane to swim in, yeah. you know, because I don't have a signature home run call, you know, John Rooney, who I think formatically is as good as anybody I've ever worked around or ever been around. Yeah. You know, he says it's a goner. Mike says, get up, baby, get up. Uh, You know, I, I, I just kind of let it happen. I'll just say yeah. it's gone or we're going right. to need a new baseball. We can't yeah. use that with anything. something like that. But yeah. You know, and for me, doing that and then doing blues hockey, I think was really a, a real highlight for me because oh. I, I worked with Chris Kerber a couple of times. And so when they come down to Florida and play, I'd sit in and do the broadcast with them. Oh, yeah. And I'd had a time in my life, and I did a couple of games in St. Louis with him, um, you know, a period here or whatever. Uh, those those things you, you don't forget. But uh, as I was saying to you earlier, I really was just wanted to take your phone call. You're well, on the air. How about that? Yeah, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, total. Now, now I wouldn't right. take a call if they were telling if If the call said, we've just kidnapped one of your children. <laughs> well, i really enjoyed having her around, but I guess I'm going to hear about it. Oh, I shouldn't God. say that because one of my kids oh. found out that I gave them up for nothing. Oh, so, how good is that? <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm having a ball with it.
0: It's the best, man. The story's the best. Spring training, obviously different this year, but I can't get enough of it. Yeah.
1: So where do we go from here? I mean, you, you know, we kind of talked about the the, the 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 industry and what's going on. We kind of feel like this radio thing might be waning and what we're doing now might be the future. Uh, For you, what, what's been your highlight? Because you've done a lot of things with this and you've taken a brand – that people will shake their head at and people still turn it on because they can't get enough of it. So what's next for you?
0: I love doing the show. I I think the last couple of months, um, we, we had a, we, you know, the morning after no pun intended, the Capitol insurrection was a show that was for me, the low point. And I just said, you know, amongst the guys, group text, I just said, we just gotta, we just gotta steer clear talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember going to dinner with my wife that night, and that was January seventh, the day after, because the show was on that day. And I said, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Cause I just don't want to. It's it, the, it wasn't it's because I mean I've worked with Doug since two thousands. So we were working at KMOV together, and uh, man, I've known Eddie since I was interning at KFNS. It's it wasn't it wasn't a them. It was the audience was so angry, and it's the first time I really I'm sure I've misread the room plenty of times. But how badly I misread the room, Claves, because um, we we agreed to talk about it. It's like how do you not talk about it that morning? Yeah. So we agreed to talk about it, but I never anticipated how angry the audience would be, especially on a show like ours, which, like I said, is like a roast every day, and how and, they, and it didn't matter. Everybody was catching it, but it was intense anger, and I thought to yeah. myself, I didn't I didn't anticipate this. This is really messing me up, and perhaps I'm just not in a spot where I want to even mess with it anymore. Because I know I came into this discussion in a, in a good faith conversation. No, and I'm going to disagree with some people, but you know I'm not going to be as angry as whole. This shit was, I mean, it was it was really intense, and and I thought we might not be able to come out of it. And it's been two months now, almost two months, and and, and we're better as far as the show for just going, okay, we're not going to get into that stuff. We may see it differently, but there's just not a whole lot of upside into getting into it in our style of show. That's not what our show is. I tune into our show, you know, I don't know uh, how many economics degrees Iggy holds. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not going to touch it. (laughs) I'm good with Iggy. I don't have have an
0: Period. I'm still eight hours shy of that. Yeah. So I don't think people are going, you know what? I need to hear about some economic policy from those three morons. You know, I don't think that's where we are. So if anything, people are going to tune in going, I can't take what I just saw yesterday. I need that to be our escape. And then there we are. And we're just better for not going there. And some people go, oh, it's a shame that you're not going to do it. I don't know. It, for us, it just works better. And I know we all have a great relationships. So it's just better that way. So to be able to, I took a day off two Fridays ago, and we were supposed to go out of town just, you know, over the weekend. I think it was actually like a day or two after you and I had played golf. Yeah,
1: you were going over to Bell.
0: Yeah, that was the plan. We wound up not going, and, and I was still up, and the Comrex unit where I do the show every morning is sitting right there, and I'm like, I'd almost rather do the show than not do the show. And to yeah. me, if that doesn't tell you how much you love what you do, I don't know what does that. I have the day off, and I still would rather do it. And it almost like took some semblance of restraint to not turn it on and go, hey, I'm up and I'm going to do the show because I love doing it so much. And so from my standpoint, to have 17 years of doing something you love with people you really like and respect and who make you laugh, you really just can't put a dollar value on that. I know it's a good answer, but it's the
1: truth. No, you know what? And I'm the same way. Um, I don't want to do talk radio the rest of my life. I mean, sports talk radio. Yeah. Uh, You know, there's too many things in life I enjoy. I like politics. I like talking politics. I think that we've kind of gotten off the deep end on how politics works compared to what it used to be. But there's so many other fun things I like getting into and and that's what I'd like to do next is more of a, a variety show and have this and that and just have guests and 'cause cuz I like talking to people. Right. Uh and and I may do that more anyway. You know, even when I created this thing, I was trying to find people who didn't have anything to do with sports. And I had a couple I had like Michael McDonald, um uh, Danny Meyer, a guy Shake Shack and yeah, in, yeah. In a great oh, restaurant. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. trying to find those sort of people that I could talk to. And now I'm doing this thing for Town and Style magazine. And I'm trying to find somebody who doesn't do sports. Now, I've had a lot of sports subjects, but I try and want to be as diverse as I can be because yeah. uh, I like talking to people and having fun. But, yeah, you know, you you have those days in the business where you're like, oh, shit, you know, and and it's serious. And wow. people have become so volatile now in their responses and how they deal with things that it's not like it used to be. And they wanna blame this person or that person or whatever. Uh and it gets personal. You know, yeah. people get real vicious. Um and I don't know where we're gonna go with that. You know, I, I try and diffuse that. I try and temper it down, uh, compared to just being like an oh yeah, you know, I I don't know. Right, to yeah, do right. Life's too short.
0: Yeah, well, hey, that let's that, do this. That was my that was essentially kind of my message that morning, and uh it was so um intent people didn't want that's what i'm saying when i didn't read the room right i didn't realize the anger and it was so it was coming
1: from both directions
0: that's absolutely absolutely absolutely, you know
1: everybody was made the the ones who put the, the the rush on they were upset and the ones who were insulted by the fact that somebody thought they could rush the Capitol, they wanted right. a piece of somebody's ass, too. Right. And the next thing you know, you got a full-fledged Brook, and this is the only way they can vent is calling a radio That's show good. or texting or whatever. That
0: yeah, was the text. And I was
1: hey, let's the text. do this. I want to continue this. We're going to take a break, folks, and we're going to come back and reload. He's Tim McKernan, and I'm Mike Claiborne, and we're just we're just shooting the shits. Uh, I'm, I'm hanging out with my bud here. We're just having a good time. <laughs> so stand by, folks. We're going to have more of this coming up right after we take a break. So there
0: it is, part one of the conversation with Mike Claiborne. We will have part two, I think tomorrow but sometimes i don't want to say it and then it not happen. this is i claiborne is releasing it kind of uh and he's pacing it out and so i'm just like hey man whatever works best for your business is cool with me we'll release it so uh, i hope you enjoyed this i hope it gives you a taste for what is to come in the second part and thank you to all of our sponsors for making it possible ryan kelly the home loan com. mark Hanna, evergreen wealth strategies evergreen com. seth Goldcamp, design air heating and cooling design air service.com Munganess, Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson, dot altontoyota.com, Jim Rogers, American Environmental and Restoration One of com, and James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency at carltoninsurance.net. For Action Jackson and for my guests, Mike Claiborne, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been part one of our conversation with Mike Claiborne on the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.
1: Peloton, let's go.